sneer. Get ready. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 39 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Tyler, and I am joined by not Karen, but my awesome co-host this week, another Tyler. My man, Tyler, from Good Game We Lost, correct? Yeah, that's it. I, I haven't put out a podcast episode in like six months. So yeah, it's <laughs> fine, but you could just say the other Tyler. Yeah, but Good Game We Lost is uh, my YouTube channel and then my podcast. So nice to be here um for the second episode but one's been lost to the ether yeah uh, that that was that was a shame so like we recorded the 2021 retrospective like earlier in the week um except we didn't record it <laughs> because we, we filmed it but um silly me i forgot that pressing the record needs to happen before anything else happens so that <laughs> episode happens. just happened and then was just it's lost the ether unfortunately but, but second time we're hanging out this week which is awesome yeah it's been a lot of fun that was a great episode listen just an idea if you guys ever have a patreon or anything you can make it a tier like this will be the lost archive we'll just recreate that episode even if it's a year <laughs> from now we'll be like 2021 what was that retrospective like and i'll come back on just for that you make it a tier. I'll show up. We'll make it a whole big thing. If, exactly. Uh, if you ever need tier ideas, I'm your man. Awesome. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, uh, Tyler, you want to tell the people about yourself real quick? I mean, you were on when we were um, games in the gaming last year for our Cyberpunk 2077 episode. Mm -hmm. uh, if anyone who's listening remembers that. But you want to tell the people about yourself, about who you are, just real quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I like being on podcasts. I like talking about video games. I like talking about any kind of pop culture, really, but um, just here doing video games. That's what uh, I mean, you're free to actually, I don't even know if it's up right now. My old podcast links um, just because I haven't been paying the $20 a month that it costs to do that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I love all kinds of video games. Halo being one of them. That's why I'm here. Uh, but my history is more with PlayStation. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when we get started our history with the series and i do have some history with halo but um i didn't get a, an xbox to a 360 played two a little bit but um i do have love for i've thought about this recently and i'm like i have love for halo but i don't know how much love i have for the xbox brand mm. and like there's something gross to me about having a love for a brand inherently but sometimes you can't help it with nostalgia so like yeah. i do have some of those like warm and fuzzy feelings about PlayStation just because my eight-year-old brain, like that's how I feel <laughs> about my PS2, you know? Um, yeah, so yeah. there's uh same with my Nintendo 64. Whereas like with Xbox, it's more about the icons and the, uh, the icons and the games themselves more than it is like this brand that you're supposed mm -hmm. to trust. Um, because I do love Halo. I love Gears of War. Um, and then there's the whole weird thing where they've now bought franchises that you previously associated uh, with other places like obviously i love banjo kazooie but i don't Bears know now banjo now kazooie there. yeah and that's been that way for a while but if they truly ever make a banjo kazooie three like and no we're not counting nuts and bolts as a three you know <laughs> it's it's just it's the halo reach or whatever you know people that really love it say it's the best in the franchise and everyone else is like you're wrong but you can feel that way <laughs> well nice nice it's again it's very happy to have you on um I'm really appreciative that you're on this week. Both Karen and I are very yeah, no happy and very thankful that you offered to jump in while he was out, uh, especially for this episode, this Halo spoiler discussion episode that we were very excited to do. And I'm still very excited to do, especially uh, with you doing this whole conversation. Yeah. Uh, Solo ooh. pods aren't fun, but like yeah. this one's 
this one specifically, I don't really even know if you can do. Like, you just post the review and you go, that's it. Yeah, this would have been a solo one. This either would have been like a – either it just wouldn't have happened or it would have been like a whole month late. It would have just been a, like a super mess. Yeah. So very happy that we're able to make it happen. But as always, remember, check out timestamps in the description uh, for just kind of where we're going to bounce around this conversation. If you want to bounce around, check out our site, playwingames.wordpress.com for all of our content, including my written review, the written version of my Halo Infinite review, which will be going live Friday, New, uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st. Uh, so when you hear this episode, it will already be up. So if you want to go check out that review first, see like kind of what score I gave it before what, listening to this episode, by all means, go ahead and do that or check it out after listening to our discussion, whatever you want to do. Follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at play to win game for updates on the show. Subscribe to us on YouTube, hit the notification bell, like, share, comment, sub, sub, uh, subscribe to us on podcast services as well. Do all those fun things, share the show with everybody because it is greatly appreciated. And with all that housekeeping stuff out the way, we're just going to start doing this. We're going to do this at last, our Halo Infinite spoiler discussion. And like we said, first, we're going to kind of give our brief history of sorts with the Halo series. Um, Tyler, you you go ahead. You go first. You kind of started leading us into it a bit earlier. So yeah. by all means, continue. So, I mean, what what American teenager didn't think Master Chief was the coolest thing ever? And I mean, that's the reason I got an Xbox 360. Uh, that and like my friends at the time being like, yeah, get an Xbox and the PlayStation 3. Like, if you're going to do the retrospective, like, if you weren't rich and you, like, <laughs> say you're under 16 years old, you don't have your own job, like, you were getting an Xbox 360 or a Wii. Um, and especially if you're, like, too, you felt like you were too old for the Wii, possibly, like, you were getting an Xbox 360 if you played video games because it, like, $500. It was ridiculous in the moment, and in retrospect, it's even more you mean ridiculous. 600, 500, 600, yeah, US my dollars bad. for the it, most like, like, expensive version. No kids getting that, like it's just not <laughs> happening, especially back in uh back in 06. Yeah, 06 yep. is when the PS3 came out. 05, and so uh, the first Halo I ever played was Halo Two. Um, I got a 360 the Christmas of 06, and then Halo Three came out September 07. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it like at launch, but it was a little after. Um, and Halo Three was my favorite halo forever we'll talk about if that's still true um played reach really liked reach i played a little bit of odst but not like front to finish because i didn't own it i played it like at a friend's house yeah um and then four came out i actually so my 360 red ringed uh got i already had a ps3 at the time because i got a job and i had the slim model and i was like Mm -hmm. i'm all like there's nothing coming out for the xbox anyways um had already beat reach and everything and then I ended up getting another 360 just for four. Uh, and honestly, not worth it. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> did not live up to the hype. And I mean, like my own internal hype. I'm not saying anyone mm-hmm. else said it was the greatest game ever. Um, right. And I think that kind of got a little bit of distrust. And I'll talk about it like throughout the review and kind of like in the context of Halo Infinite. Um, but I think it's fair to question if like Halo has mattered to the video game zeitgeist for like the last decade or so. I mean, Halo 3 was huge. Halo 3 was an event. Mm-hmm. It's I remember. easy to forget. And I think in 2021 and like for the last five years at least, big video games are like, it feels like there's, there's so many games that it kind of diminishes that unifying moment. And we get it like with prestige television 
or mm-hmm. certain movie events like with Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. But I think with video games, there's so many that it gets lost a little bit because we have Call of Duty coming out yearly, pumping up huge numbers. But like Halo 3 was everything if you were a teenager mm-hmm. at that time. And it I feel was... like the most like prevalent um example for gaming since Halo 3 might be arguably GTA 5. Maybe that was a decade ago, though. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, well, almost a decade. I mean, well, let's see. After Halo 3 was GTA 4 because GTA 4 came out, what? Oh, yeah, my bad. That was. 2013 or 2012 GTA, it, uh, GTA 5 GTA 5 was 2013 GTA 4 I think was 2008 so mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't remember how big GTA 4 was but I know GTA 5 that was just crazy I also think it's been that long since a game came out was that hyped and lived up to it because like there was a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 hype and I'm like one of its notable semi detractors like i just don't think it's i it's not that it's a bad game it's just not all that in a bag of chips the way some people uh believe it is but like halo 3 is not looked down upon by many people like it is regarded Mm -hmm. as one of the high points um and like of course people are going to have their own personal favorites but like if i pulled a random group of a hundred people that are just like variations of halo diehards or halo casuals or whatever like I would guess Halo 3 would probably win that straw poll would be my would be my honest prediction um, by like 50, 60 percent. Like it is a beloved game and it's beloved in my heart Four kind of sucked. I didn't have an Xbox one, which we talked a little bit about pre-show. Um, I feel like only Xbox diehards. I feel like the Xbox one is the Halo 4 of Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> and now the Series X is a fitting enough comparison to the to Infinite and in that I feel like it's the first time in a long time that Microsoft uh like it's earned some goodwill with game pass but it feels like in a way microsoft's i'm back statement and halo's i'm back statement does that carry over does like does any of this matter beyond now i don't know but i don't think that diminishes the score or the importance of this game um and so yeah that's kind of like my loving o2 halo like that is like it's important and like i'll joke around about like you know obviously it's fun (laughs) to make jokes sometimes about halo or or microsoft but i do love this series um and you know i've been to plenty uh like when i got that 360 being invited to a land party for the first time was like a blast and forge and it's like the second you do it you get it immediately you get why it's special uh and why so many people love it nice nice yeah my my history it's kind of similar to yours where i never had an xbox the series x is the first one i've owned um, and I mean, I've kind of talked about my relationship with Xbox and Halo on the podcast over the past year and change and what have you. Um, so, I mean, I'll keep mine a bit brief because I'm sure regular listeners will have heard about this already. But for new people or those who might not remember, um, I never had an Xbox until a Series X. That being said, I still played Xboxes and Halo um, over the course of his lifetime over at my stepdad's house because he had an Xbox. He had the original, the 360. He had the one. The original and the one were the ones I played the least just because at those points of time, like I wasn't necessarily old enough to like be playing some of the games on the original Xbox. Um, And like when the one came out, I wasn't really going to his place that often. But 360, that period of time, I was going to his place like on a fairly regular basis, like every weekend, essentially. Um, So but I I always play. I played Halo 1, a couple missions of it. I played a bit of 2. I would play like a bit of threes campaign. Um, but in terms of like the like multiplayer is what I really did the most whenever I would be over there. It's like 
doing bot matches against like with him and like my younger brother against you know bots or whatever or um we would do he would throw land parties sometimes so like when halo 3 and halo reach came out he had like land parties where he'd be like hey bunch of my friends we're all gonna come on over um to his apartment and like in every room there was a tv at least one tv set up <laughs> and like at least one or two xboxes set up and it was like all right everyone got their teams this is your team and like whoever like got to the end like people got prizes and stuff like it was like big it was real fun things real events and like i showed on the, um the podcast i think a few episodes ago i should have carried one like the little um washcloth rags we had that had like the team name that i was on uh it's in my drawer <laughs> here but it's kind of under a bunch of more things i've gotten added to the drawer since then um but like i i loved doing that i loved doing all that and prior to uh this prior to now the only halo games i actually played to completion story-wise were reach and four um the the reason being it was just at those times it was like hey you know what i'm coming over every week let me play these games i have the time let me actually see these through start to finish and i did um, ODST I played a bit of, never got past like the second or third mission because I just kind of stopped playing it at that point in time. Then this year came, I went through all of Halo 1 during the summer, then I got my Series X in September, and then right after that I said, all right, I'm going to go through two, I'm going to go through all of three for the first time, I will replay four, um, just to have it more fresh in my head, and then I'll play five for the very first time because I never played five play five for the very first time didn't replay odst or reach i just kind of wanted to do the master chief main stories in like real prep for infinite um so i i've always had a love for halo i guess kind of like how you said you did i've always had a love for halo um i've always had a great respect for it and i never had a 360 or any other xbox it's just because i always had a playstation and a nintendo console um and because of that i knew that one there was no way i was gonna be able to give it to my mom hey get me a third console please <laughs> at the time and two it was just like what what games was i gonna get for it like if i got an xbox i would have gotten it just for halo maybe gears at a certain point and that kind of would have been it i didn't really feel like a need for it aside from halo but yeah times change you know taste change i'm older i want to play a whole lot more games and have more variety and stuff like that and i'm also an adult who can buy their own things so at this point yeah. in time i can afford to do that so yeah that's I why think i am i do think there's like i know you're in your 20s i don't know how exactly how old you are i think 25. there's like an okay i think there's an age thing where it's like depending on your age halo can mean something to you whether it's like us and we enjoy it but it's not everything it can be everything maybe if you're like even a little bit older than us us i would say and i think there's like a cutoff maybe if, i'd be interested to see like if you're 21 or 22 please comment let us know um like does it matter to you at all because i do think there's like a weird heart like if you didn't get halo 3 like i don't know was reach that big of a deal to you you know if you're like 12 like I, mm -hmm. like i don't know i was i think 16 when reach came out so i guess that'd be a good question because i mean actually you were like what 11 when three came out yeah i was 11 yeah. when three came out and so then i was doing math reach came out 2010 so i was 14 yeah so came out. i mean it's almost that point where yeah like i don't know if you're much younger than you you know what i mean like someone that's 22 years old now I don't, did three matter when you were eight years old? Did you have, I guess it would also depend if you had an older brother, but I think it's one of those things where I talk about Halo hasn't mattered to a lot of people for a decade that kind of like weirdly has this generational impact where maybe this is a lot of like 
22 year olds uh first you know like halo that they give a shit about or sorry i know yeah Yeah. always rather get the cussing (laughs) um but yeah this may be the first halo that they actually like want to play um because like if you've never played halo four and five whatever man like they probably didn't care about that either right and you know with with halo there's a lot of things that people care about some people they care about the campaign some people only care about the multiplayer some people hold both in equal regard which is why in the lead up to infinite people were saying are they going to just release the multiplayer without the campaign are they going to release the campaign without the multiplayer what's going to come what's going to happen and we got both i mean granted the multiplayer released like three weeks early but we got both on the official day one but what we're going to do for this conversation of halo infinite is we're going to break this conversation up into three sections we're going to first start talking about the campaign in regards to the story uh how we what we think about the characters the plot how we and where we kind of rank the story of halo infinite amongst all the other halo games that we've played then we'll start talking about the open world, how Halo Infinite approached the open world, how it handled it, what we thought of Halo Infinite's take on an open world um, in regards to the Halo franchise. Do we think it's a great evolution? Do we think that there are things they could have done better? Is it just kind of, did it just fall flat? What are our thoughts on it? And then last but not least, we'll wrap, we'll kind of round out these three sections with the multiplayer. We probably won't talk about it too much or too in depth as we would like with the campaign because multiplayer has been out for a while now um and we are also not the foremost authorities on multiplayer um uh, yeah we're not pro streamers and or pro game like i pro gamer right I, you've so, got you've got your three run returnal uh <laughs> one shot to your name but i don't i don't have any of that kind of pro gamer cred so you're just gonna keep throwing that at me and i, I like listen <laughs> you're never gonna live that down I mean, I don't know if I want to live that down. That's a good thing. Yeah, I know. I'm, it's... I'm proud of it, to be honest. I'm just like, man, don't know if I should be ashamed or like feel bad that I beat it in three runs as opposed to many others who couldn't beat it put at on, all. If you just like put on Twitter and it got any kind of traction, like you're just like, I beat Returnal in three runs, people would absolutely call you a liar. There are people like me that are just like 30 runs and nothing. Uh, you know what? I should try that one day. I should try <laughs> that one day and see what happens. Um, on the one year anniversary. On the... <laughs> I got to remember what day that is. That's like, it's like March, 30th. right? March April 30th, April? I think. Oh, April. April. Okay. Yep. Uh, so yeah, multiplayer will be the, the last section and then we'll wrap up the spoiler discussion with where we rank the game as a whole overall, where does Halo Infinite rank amongst our favorite Halo games? So that's how this conversation is going to go. Tyler, are you ready? Yeah, let's dig into it, man. All right. So we're going to start by talking about the story. Let me say this, and before, let me read, let me say this again for those who just are not 100% clear. This is full spoilers. We're going full spoilers on this. If the title wasn't clear enough for you, we are not holding back any spoilers. We're going to say anything and everything in depth about this game story. This also includes Halo 5 spoilers, any previous Halo game spoilers. So if you don't want to know about those, maybe don't listen to this episode. (laughs) We, we won't feel bad about you. This is the moment. We, we like Pause. It won't hurt us, but just, just keep that in mind, okay? Now, with that being said, this is... I've been torn as to whether or not this is my favorite Halo story to date. This has been torn between Reach and this game. And I think 
it's it, because it's been so long since I played Reach. I think this one I'm going to say is number two. I don't want to put this as number one because it's been a while since I played Reach, but I remember really loving Reach's story. And I think Halo Infinite's story is so freaking good. I know we're kind of like, yeah. I'm jumping ahead with the ranking right now, but like, I need to say that up front. So it's like this story, I think is the, of the Master Chief, let me once, let me rephrase it. Let me say it like this, because since Reach this is, is your favorite. favorite. Yeah, of the Master of, Chief of the Master Chief ones. I think it is the best told. I think it is the. It, it not only is it the best told, but like the the characters and the way that they are, the way that they are developed throughout the story, the attention that they get, it's something that I it. It's done so much better than like any of the original trilogy Halo games, and I said this on Twitter, but I don't think three four three gets enough credit for, like how much they've actually done in terms of like trying to make the characters actually feel like characters that you should care about, specifically Master Chief, since four. Because prior to four, <laughs> prior to four, Master Chief was just kind of like the silent guy who said cool things every now and then. And since then, he's, they've done some stuff to develop him in really good ways. And I think yeah. that Infinite builds on that in really great ways for Master Chief specifically, but also the pilot, he is a really he's a, he's supposed to be like your tether to humanity and just although he's not there the entire time the cutscenes that we have with him and the conversations that he has and just the different things that he says like the way he says it and what he says it's it really was just so humanizing for me with him it really made me connect with him so much more than any of the other human characters in uh the past master chief games specifically and the weapon, I love her so much more than I ever loved Cortana. No shade to Cortana. Cortana's cool. She's yeah, fun. I, I like her. But the weapon, agree I just with enjoyed so much more. I will agree with you there. Uh, like, let's be real. The Cortana love is like a lot of teenage horny stuff. Like, it's, <laughs> it's there's no real character beats. Um, like, unless you read the books and you're going to sit here and tell me like, okay, if you're going to get that in depth, you might specifically have that, that that intimate character knowledge, but I would say like 90% of people that are like, I love Cortana. Yeah, you like her because 12 year old you had uh, some impure thoughts about, about Cortana. Um, so I was thinking about this actually a little bit before the show too. I do think Halo has a similar um, pop culture, like just overall design that is similar to Star Wars and that I don't think the story's supposed to be good. Like, I think it's supposed to be kind of a kid story and like what makes it um, like what makes it as cool and what made the original so good was like really good. Like in Star Wars, it's set design, it's practical effects, but like Halo has always had like really well built, not just level design, but like the looks, the environments, like it, even when it's big and vacuous, there's that like uh, levels in infinite where I just felt like this is cool the iconography of halo when it does it right which it did like at least 60 percent of the time in the trilogy is the selling point it like it's okay to say stuff looks cool and feels cool and that's what halo is it understands that like it's not thinking thinking man sci-fi um mm -hmm. and so i would argue like the stories like all you have to know about halo 3 is finish the fight 
You remember that mm-hmm. sweet ass trailer where Master Chief, it's like the little, it's the slow motion music and it's their uh, the claymation characters and he's got the grenade yeah. in his hand. Um, and like that, that alone, when you tell a certain demographic evokes feelings. And I think that's what Halo does really well is evoke those feelings without having to give like a ridiculous amount of characterization to Master Chief. And so I think when you retroactively try and give it characterization, there's like this weird disconnect with, well, what do the fans of this, what do the fans of this series want this series to become? And what do the creators of this series want this series to become? And then it's a whole separate can of worms because Bungie said, well, we don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) And they just uh, dipped. And I think the weird enough thing is this is always going to be perennially relevant because whether it's Star Wars we're talking about where the same thing happened or whether the Matrix Resurrections is like a really good, um, I have like a, yeah, I think it's a really good just uh, litmus test here of also, or not litmus test, but it's just a really good example of the exact same thing. Like how do fans react? What are their expectations of a series versus like what do the creators want? And then it just, yeah, like it's almost honestly more depressing to me though when it just becomes IP that like just gets handed off. So at least 343 seems to want to continue Halo and enjoys it. Um, and I don't know, like, under their head, if they really wanted to do Halo when they first started or what they wanted from it. Um, but I think there's more passion and love and, like, an understanding of what made Halo good and how they can put their own spin on it in Infinite. Yeah, because I, like, I think that Infinite's plot, let's let's talk about the plot of Infinite, for, broadly speaking. It is... It is basically going back to the core of Halo in the sense of, all right, we're bringing these things back down to basics. We're going to have a very simple plot. We're on a ring trying to stop aliens from doing bad stuff on the ring. That is the the basic plot at its core. And that was the basic plot of Halo 1, 2, and 3. Halo 1, we're on the ring. We got to stop these aliens from doing (laughs) stuff on the ring. Halo 2, the story kind of, you know, it goes to Earth a bit more, but then it's still at its core. We got to stop the aliens. We got to stop these aliens from doing bad stuff with the ring. Halo 3, it's the same thing. Finish the fight. We got to stop these aliens from doing bad things <laughs> again. with the ring. <laughs> Once again, for the third time. And we, it's funny when you think about it, like the trilogy's storyline probably takes place over the course of like two weeks. <laughs> when you yeah. think about it, it's just like, this is too much to happen in two weeks. Um, but the stories, like you said, they they were never anything more than just I guess you could say vehicles to do cool stuff within like the physics-based interaction. And that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That is, that is a good thing. I'm saying that I liked the 343 started to try and give the world of Halo and give the characters of Halo more depth than just you're, you're this, you're this badass super soldier who goes pew pew, who shoots things pew pew and says cool things every now and then, because up until then, that's what Master Chief and Halo essentially was. That that's yeah. I mean, like, yeah, there were um iconic characters such as Sergeant Johnson, who was iconic because he had the attitude and he said the funny, cool things as well. You know, not saying that he needed depth, but there wasn't anything to him more than just that. And yeah. I appreciated how 343 made it so that I actually cared about Master Chief and made me actually care about Cortana. Like when the marketing for Infinite, they said um, Halo's always been about Master Chief or Cortana since the beginning. And I'm like, no, it hasn't. It was never about the two of them until like Halo 3 at best. Yeah. At at the earliest. 
Halo 4 is when they really dug deep into like, it's, it is these two, about the two of them, partners in crime, trying to save the world. Um, so, but I really liked how they started to do that. Halo 5 went a bit too far into the deep end when with like, kind of like, kind of like what you mentioned before, where uh, Halo 4, they started to delve into like bringing stuff from the books and from the extended Halo um, lore into the games. Halo 4 started to do that, but didn't go too deep into it. Halo 5, on the other hand, went way, in it. it went way into the deep end. And it just made a whole bunch of crazy choices. You only played as Master Chief for maybe like four or five missions out of the whole campaign. I did not uh, know that. <laughs> yeah, you don't play as him for a majority Is it all, of that game. Are you playing as Locke? You, yes, you play as Locke okay. for a majority of that game. Master Chief's basically going AWOL to try and find Cortana because she's talking to him and she's like, come find me. And he's like, where are you? And Locke is like, we got to stop him and stuff. Turns out Cortana basically goes Skynet and she's about to, she turns all the AIs in the galaxy against humanity. So she goes evil at the end. She tries to take Master Chief with her, but then she gets stopped. And then it literally ends on a cliffhanger of Master Chief and Locke coming back to Halsey and the Arbiter. She's like, it took you long enough. Did you say Halsey? Yes. Dr. Is Halsey. Halsey a voice actress? No, 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 no. Dr. Halsey. Dr. Oh, Halsey. Okay. Oh Sorry. my God. I was like, <laughs> no, no, did no, no, Halo no. 5 go that far off the deep end? <laughs> no, Dr. Halsey. She's like, not that there's anything wrong with Halsey, but like, it'd be weird. It'd be a weird turn for her to just be like, I'm in Halo 5. That'd be a very weird turn for sure. <laughs> um, but Halo 5 went was like way into the deep end with all that stuff. It got way too complicated, way too convoluted. It kind of mm. lost the focus of yes add more depth to things but still keep things simple at the same yeah. time don't get don't get too crazy and halo infinite it in an attempt to distance itself and move on it it like it goes back to basics and moves on from that stuff and it strings it like brings the story back down and shrinks the scope and shrinks the cast and it brings it down just a core set of characters with a really simple plot, really simple, um, really simple goal of we need to stop the banished. Cortana's already been defeated. Yeah. That happened beforehand. We'll solve that mystery as we go, but we need to stop the banished and figuring out how we go from there. And I really thought that was a smart decision. I think so too, because Cortana's like Cortana being the villain is a core is a cool idea almost more than it is like in action. Like I didn't play five, but it's like, obviously, you know, that all that stuff is implied, like you mentioned in infinite, but it doesn't seem like it's actually fun in theory. Like what do the boss fights look like that? Well, you're not actually fighting Cortana. So now she's what taking over like a bunch of lifeless drones that you're fighting or <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But like, as just a thing that happened as a mystery that we're uncovering more interesting i think that way and giving us a protagonist that we can actually fight who's actually present and i think the banished and i like i think the the boss fight towards the end um make it clear why it's uh, a good antagonist um for for master chief is just because they're almost like mirrored versions of each other um in the same way that they tried to make lock like i don't know it just seemed like they were trying to intertwine him and master chief i almost think that what's the name of the general that you fight at the very end or whatever ranking he is. Um, I forget that guy's name, but that boss fight, uh, you know, the kind of head of the banished, that's not that actually the head. Eshram. Yeah. Eshram. Um, which I which thought was that, a great fight. 
I, I like that, that fight, fight annoyed the absolute, <laughs> the ever living everything out of me. Um, but I thought he was just like a great foil to Master Chief. I liked uh-huh. the respect Master Chief had for him because, like, Master Chief acknowledged we're basically the same thing. Like, we're just cogs and essentially propaganda machines. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked that Halo uh, Infinite didn't seem to revel in some of like uh, the military propaganda nearly as much, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, which like isn't a thing you're thinking when you're 12, but like in hindsight, like it's got kind of this weird relationship to the military is all sci-fi that has any kind of military involved does. Uh, so I think like Halo Infinite does like a really an impressive job of like walking a lot of tight ropes and juggling a lot of things all at once. Um, it is similar, but also I think Master Chief, I don't even know if he's more humanized, which he is just a little bit, but I think they did a good job of like pr- placing the right characters around him, placing the yes. right foils to him in Eshram. I think like, He's a cool vehicle for the character. And I don't think they were like, because if you're giving Master Chief all of these different qualities and whatnot, we stopped her like the he no longer becomes an avatar for the character for the player nearly as much. But placing the proper uh basically characters around him and against him give us humanizing moments without like step overstepping the boundaries of what classic Halo was. Um so mm-hmm. I think it's just like I said doing a really good tightrope walking job of like giving old fans what they want maybe giving new people a reason to play um and keeping things interesting they didn't want to be uh the Force Awakens of Halo right like they didn't want it to literally be uh Halo 1 like they needed mm-hmm. something to differentiate it and I think they did like as much as a Halo story matters I think they did a pretty good job of uh of implementing that yeah, and I like I like what you said when you said that they put the right people around Master Chief to really humanize him. And, you know, I never really thought about that, but I think that is so true. You have, like I said before, you have the pilot who is like that symbolizes the humanity and how like I originally had this in my review and I kind of edited it and changed it up some. But I had said originally that like when you play as a super soldier that could do basically the impossible, it like you kind of lose like your grasp and like, you kind of like lose perspective on like, hey, what the like, how are the little guys handling things? How are normal humans seeing things and like actually dealing with like these battles that are like seem basically like child's play to you when you play. So having the pilot there and like from the very beginning, he's like, wait, no, 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 we gotta, we gotta go, dude. We can't be here. And he's like, uh, Master Chief is like, give me a gun. I just need a gun. And he's like, what are you, you're gonna go about against them with just one bullet? And Master Chief's like, that's enough for me. And like it's just like man yeah i'm that guy but then later on in the game once you get to um after the pelican down mission and you go you take down all the towers and stuff and then you come back to the ship and you see the pilot and he's just he's basically has his breakdown he's like i'm not like you i'm just a normal guy i'm not even a pilot or a soldier i i'm a i'm just an engineer who stole this pelican because i was trying to get out of here dude like I, I, I suck. I should not be here. I should be dead like everyone else. And then that like Master Chief, he just stops. And like, although you can't see his face, it's one of those things where through his body language and his normal monotone voice, but just the way in which he's saying things, you can tell that like, he's really, uh, he's like, I get it. He's like, I get where you're coming from, or at least I'm trying to understand where you're coming from. Like you are not me. And you're feeling all this survivor's guilt. And 
I kind of feel the same way myself because I couldn't save Cortana and I'm still here trying to figure out how to deal with that. And then you have the weapon herself throughout the whole story who is literally a, an exact copy of Cortana except way more fun and more enjoyable than Cortana ever has been. <laughs> Sorry to say that's yeah. all the Cortana no, It's It's true. Yeah, so it's, don't, it's, don't apologize. <laughs> it's very, it's, she's not saying Cortana was bad. I love Cortana. Like she was really cool in terms of her personality, but the weapon's just more fun. But just the, the conversations that the two of them have as well. Like I remember there's one conversation um, they have, you're inside one of the Forerunner ba- um, installations or something. And um, I forgot the weapon says something about uh, about how he goes on. Like, how does Master Chief keep doing what he's doing? He's like, it's all I've ever known how to do. Yeah, I, I know a moment you're talking about. Right, yeah. he's like, it's, it's just all I've ever known how to do. Like, I, I probably shouldn't be doing all this. I should probably be handling this a, very differently. But all I know how to do is fight. It, it, that's just it. And then the instances where he he's like about to basically delete her because he's like, I can't have her into like Cortana again. I don't want that to happen. I don't want that on me. And then like the breakdown in their relationship. And there's a port, there's a part where like after their relationship kind of breaks apart for a bit, um, he goes to like put her back on her hand in his hand. And like he goes and he hesitates for a moment. And then he does it anyway. And it, that moment right there reminded me so much of God of War, the beginning of that game, where after you hunt the deer and then Kratos is there, he goes to, he's like, ah, he goes to like give a Kratos that hand, but he's like, no, I can't. He's like, he's not sure about it yet. Obviously, Master Chief, is, the dynamics are a bit different, but it just reminded me of yeah. that. Whoa, moment, whoa, whoa. Let's like... not go comparing those games. Because <laughs> no. I actually think that game does completely vastly different things well than halo infinite um, yeah. it's funny we're talking about all this but this is probably my least favorite part of the game like it, and what, i don't obviously i don't hate it based off what i'm saying but yeah like i thought the story was fine mm-hmm. but it's not even the part it does best which is a good thing obviously for halo infinite <laughs> yeah um i will say the only other god of war comparison um that i do have for the game that i made it in my review is the the way the story is presented the fact that there's very few camera cuts throughout this entire game mm-hmm. and the way every like every cut scene is framed and shot from like a real cinematic personal intimate perspective i felt like that made the story so much more engaging than well, any previous halo game i'll say it made it more engaging than reaches i'm not saying the story was better than reaches but i think just the way things were shot possibly made this a bit more engaging than reaches for me even i do think I do think that there is a like a really good comparison which between those two franchises, ironically enough, which was like the task of resurrecting what a lot of people considered an icon um, mm-hmm. and like making it relevant in a time where maybe they're not relevant anymore. Um, and I think the interesting thing is 343 and Sony Santa Monica took incredibly different uh, approaches there. 343 was like, we're going to go back to our basics. They took, um, you know, which one of the other comparisons, the Breath of the Wild uh, route, it seems like. We're in the same way that Nintendo was, like, breaking down the original Breath of, uh, or Zelda. Legend of Zelda and, like, saying, like, how do we do this? But, like, how do we modernize this? It feels like uh, 343 went through a process of that similar with Halo because it feels so similar to its roots um, while also being different. And Sony Santa Monica was like, 
hey, let's do that thing that a lot of people honestly don't like, and let's just make this something else entirely. And like, but also grapple with the past, um, which is mm-hmm. what makes that game interesting. So I think it is interesting that those two games, like tasked with doing similar things for, uh, you know, these two massive console giants, um, took completely different matters, and they're both really good games. Yeah. Uh, the only other character I'll point out, well, I mean, there's the Harbinger, the Endless Woman, who you see a couple points of time in the game. I think that she's she's fine as a villain, but like she's not the villain. I think her purpose here in the game is to kind of like tease what's what will be coming in the future in a sense yeah i'll just say it she kind of sucks to me um, <laughs> yeah like she's I'll, she's fine i don't think she was bad but like she was kind of like whatever she popped up i was like you are the future you are like just like the the tease for the future you are not our actual antagonist our actual antagonist is Esherum, who was a fantastic villain i think the best villain the halo series has had to date yeah probably yeah i would give you that um Listen, we'll give the people what they really want. I'll run this down real quick. Master Chief, a tier character. Uh, the weapon, a tier character. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> well, S is top tier. S is like the yeah, highest. No, no, tier. I know. I'm trying to. I was trying to think really where I wanted her. Eshra, okay. S tier character. On just gonna say it. Do I think he's a better character than Master Chief? A little bit because of his motivations and because sometimes in this game, the fact that we only get to deal with him once. It makes us savor his presence a little bit more. So for infinite, right. Eshram is above Master Chief and the the weapon. Uh, Pilot, B tier. Think he's a little overrated. Um, <laughs> that one villain we were just talking about, she's F tier. She sucks. Um, <laughs> are there any other notable characters? Really, I feel like there's not. But if I am, let me know. No, I mean because all the other characters, they're just the. Um, it's like you have Lasky with the audio logs. Like you hear some of the, yeah, some of the characters yeah. in the audio logs, which I actually like those. I liked. I the, thought they were fine. I thought they were fine for the most part, but I think the audio logs that I really liked were the um the ones of the Spartans that's that are on the planet. Uh, oh yeah. Like, cause you you find one of those Spartans during the game. You find him and like he basically dies in your arms. But then what you find the audio logs, you find the audio logs of his squad basically and what they were like trying to do on the um on the ring to save everything. And like you find some audio logs of him. He's like he's in. He's captured by the bandits. He's like guys, I'm. He's just trying to survive. He's trying to make sure that everyone lives and stuff, but it just didn't work out. I thought all the audio logs are really captivating and stuff. It was a bit disappointing how some of the audio logs, like some of the backstory about what happened prior to the game, literally maybe like five minutes before the opening cutscene, was in audio logs too. I thought that was like, okay, because like the game does start off in a way where it's like, it does feel like we're missing a giant piece of story. Like it feels like there should have been a game before this that happened or like we, there should have been another mission before the actual beginning of the game but um i did enjoy the audio laws i thought they were pretty good and like helped add context and color and flavor to the world and some of the characters that you don't really see a lot like eshra you only see him in person a couple times and most other times it's through holograms but man that that man's speeches i was sitting there just like talk to me some more <laughs> Please talk to me some more because I'm loving everything you're giving me. Give me more. Yeah, I thought I thought he worked because there was less of him. I think yeah, he's S tier because we knew he was mad. We knew what he was for, and like he's a man of he was a man of principles. Even if us as rooting for the humans were against him, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> but like if I saw him for like 20 hours, I'd have been like enough already. But uh, yeah, yeah, like that's but that's just smart pacing. Uh, you know, of just the story in general of knowing like how much Eshram is to Eshram 
uh, too much Eshram there. So I think three, four, three just did a good job uh, of the layout of everything. Um, it's weird because it feels short, but like your play time isn't, I mean, obviously if you do like a hundred percent it or whatever, but like mm -hmm. to me, 12 to 13 hours felt about right for the campaign. Yeah. Like I said, in my, I've said in my review, it took me 12 hours to beat it on normal and the campaign does not overstay its welcome. Like, no, it doesn't of, in like, a good way. Story, yeah. In terms of like story and open world stuff, like I did a good mixture. When I finished my completion was 60 something percent. So I, I was like, it didn't overstay its welcome at all. I wasn't that big a fan of how the game gets straight up linear after a certain point and kind of doesn't let you know, hey, this is kind of the point of no return. Because um, I, I was enjoying the open world. I was enjoying like being able to like, you know, go around and do stuff, um, even if I didn't think it was handled the best. But, um, but it's a pretty freeing go from the end to just like go do whatever you missed. Yeah, so once, you get to the end, once you get to the end, it's like, all right, and what do we do now? We finish the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some games where they do the whole thing where it's like I have to start a new file and it's like even though your stuff is there, you feel weird like yeah. restarting stuff. I like that they're just like, hey, we're not going to make you do it's, you know, I'm pro game. Just be like, all right, the story's done. Go finish whatever you need to do. Right. Uh, I guess just wrap up the stories real quick. Do you, what do you um, what do you think about the future? of the story of halo infinite story because i mean they say it's supposed to be a platform that they build on for years and years to come and with the way that this story ended are you kind of looking forward to whatever they choose to add next do you have any kind of hopes for where things go or how they take things in terms of story per se not like I, in terms of gameplay for open world but just the story itself i mean saying a game is a platform is just like a buzzword like Okay, you're going to use the engine. We get it. Uh, <laughs> so this engine's fine. I thought it was, like, a, a fine-looking Halo game. Um, I thought it was, a, like, we'll talk about the gameplay in the world. I really enjoyed. Um, I don't, like, because I said I don't really care about the Halo story in the sense that, like, I care about details and, like, the plot points. Like, keep doing this. Keep making Master Chief cool. Keep giving us, like, relatively simple, straightforward plots. Um, and then like with some interesting side characters, that's fine with me. Yeah. I, my guess would be like they do another trilogy um, because it's weird. You would think this is maybe the start, but uh, I think we talked about it a little before. I don't know how much we've talked about it now in this discussion so far, but like, yeah, it really does feel like they're closing. They had the task of closing the old door without actually finishing that trilogy and being like, yeah, we ended it too soon and then opening the new one. And this feels like that weird in-between game. So I yeah. think we probably get an additional trilogy um, and how they name that or word that, whatever. I'm sure it'll tie together somehow, but like I don't have any speculation on like where they would go actual plot points from here other than like I imagine we're going to finish some fights. I imagine there will be um, – I will say, wait, did – like because just because I'm forgetting a little bit, was one of the reveals at the end – that the guy we thought died was not actually dead, right? Yeah, From the very so, beginning that kills right. Master Chief when and everyone assumed was gone. Yeah, when the game ends, it turns out that Atriox is actually still alive from Atriox, the very beginning. Yep. He never died, and he actually is awakening the Endless. He That's what they actually came to the planet to do. They came to the planet to awaken the Endless and free them from their slumber, their prison that they were in. If you play yeah. the game on Legendary... The ending is the exact same, but there's dialogue over that cutscene at the end. Um, I didn't play it on Legendary. I just looked it up. Neither did I. Um, but <laughs> the dialogue, the dialogue is basically um, a forerunner. One of the forerunners talking to one of the um, 
to one of the spheres that you interact with in the game. I forgot which one it is. Basically okay. saying that we have to, we need to imprison the endless in here um, because we can't let them get control of time in a sense. So yeah. people were theorizing with the context of the fact that Cortana is the one that destroyed the banished home planet. Perhaps they came to um, Zeta Halo to awaken the endless so that they could use their power to kind of go back in time and bring their planet back to life. That is a theory. And it makes sense with all that context. Yeah. So where I'm led to believe is that now Atriox has, has awakened them and Atriox is back in the back of the forefront as a main villain. And now the endless are going to be a main antagonist going forward as well. I, I do think it's a very interesting and intriguing direction for the series to go on going forward. Like you said, they kind of, with, they closed the, the book on the Master Chief Cortana story that's been told from four and five. They closed that book at long last. Um, I thought they did it very well. I thought they gave Master Chief and Cortana the closure that honestly should have been there from four. Like I thought four wrapped things up really well with their relationship. Five was just like, we're going to do more with it, although we don't need to. And this was just like, all right, yeah, we're going to walk all that back and do what we should have done instead. Yeah. Um, so like they, they wrapped all that up and it's like, all right, fresh start now. Now we can actually do what we want going forward. And I think it's an intriguing direction. I'm looking forward to seeing what we do next. Yeah, uh, forgot. I, so I need to technically rank Atriox for infinite. <laughs> He's B tier. He's interesting, but we don't get a lot of him. So fair. I don't know if I want to play. I don't know if I want him to be the antagonist for a whole trilogy, though. So there is that. Mm -hmm. Maybe, like, I don't know. That's interesting. Like, will they choose to do another trilogy? Or are they like, yeah, that's kind of too much. So we'll just take this one game at a time. And will Atriox be the big bad for that? And then move on. Like, I think that's fine, too. I don't think everything needs to be like, let's make a whole trilogy out of this, you know? Um, so we'll see. Just like the same way with God of War, we all assumed it was a trilogy. And from everything I've heard, like, Yep, this is going to get wrapped up after this one, which I'm fine with. Like, we Me don't too. need, I don't want more padding. I don't want to go through a 30 hour game and be like, ha, wasn't the real bad guy. It's like, <laughs> exactly. So. so where would you rank? I already said why I would rank the story. Um, where would you rank the story for infinite amongst all the ones you've played? I haven't played Halo three in so long. Okay. This is a cop out answer, but it's tied with three. So then reach tied with three at top. Yeah. Then reach. Okay. Then two, then four. Okay. Interesting. Not now, a fan of uh, four. And you said you didn't play one, right? Never played one. Okay. Never played five. Got it. ODST okay. also ODST also seems really cool. It would probably be like right there with Reach. I'm a fan of the like we're basically sent in on suicide missions kind of thing. <laughs> but also like you know what you're getting into. So it has like a cheap emotional effect. So I don't know if I could ever give those kind of stories top tier personally, but I understand mm -hmm. why some people do. Okay. Interesting. So nice. You'd say it's tied for top tier with you. Yeah. I'd say it's possibly tied for top tier with me. I got to replay reach again to see what I think of it. All right. So with all that being said with the story, let's talk open world. Now it's the first time we're getting a halo game with an open world or semi open world. However you want to look at it. Um, what what do you think? What were you were you excited for open world Halo going into this game? And then after playing it, how do you feel about open world Halo or however they however you perceive Infinite's open world to be? So I liked I like it a lot. I like 
the open world they gave us. I was not thrilled about open world Halo, but not like it's going to be terrible instinctively. Um, mm-hmm. Because they distanced themselves so much from 5 and like what 4 was doing, I was hopeful. Um, and like even though we all clowned on it for not looking great, like that doesn't mean it's bad, right? Um, so I mm-hmm. wasn't... It wasn't like this is going to be bad. I just didn't know how to feel about everything coming in other than like the open world thing felt a little desperate at the time mm-hmm. because it like was announced not shortly, but like after the whole like once Zelda did it and like obviously what we've seen going from like the PS3, is it the seventh gen with the three PS3, 360 and we or whatever. The, I, the I forget the gen numbers. Blows, blows my mind. I have to really think about that. Yeah. But I think we're on like gen nine with the series X and PS5. I think. Okay. I whatever think gen 360 and, um and PS3 were, it's been obvious that like a lot of these games feel like the natural evolution of like, diminishing returns on graphics etc like what you do is you just spread this out and you make it open world and like there's been some like push and pull as far as like whether or not people like it but it seems to be what a lot of these tentpole franchises want to do Mm -hmm. um and so i'm not always in favor of that even though breath of the wild is my favorite game of all time um but i think it was the exception for me personally and like how well designed it was how well intentioned so many things felt and how just like nailing the mechanics matters more than anything you put in that world for me and that's what halo infinite got right it's like oh yeah that's right halo with the right amount of with the right feeling movement um and that that matters uh and for me i think that's that weighs a lot in just like how much i like a game is does not just the combat how does movement how does everything feel and like this game was a reminder of oh yeah halo does that really well and if you introduce just the right things and the right extra add-ons for traversal, like you can make a really fun Halo open world game, which is what I felt they did. Um, I don't play Far Cry, so if people are like, oh, Far Cry with the grappling hook, that grappling hook ruled to me. And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, it did. I was using it so much. And there were just these moments similar to Breath of the Wild where I was like, I messed up. I need to get from point A to point B. And I'm the kind of person when I see that I now have to go across the map, I'm not excited. I'm like, oh my God. And instead, like what a good game with good traversal will do is make it to where I'm like, oh yeah, that's doable. And then make me enjoy the process, which mm-hmm. is what Breath of the Wild did. And I found myself doing in Halo a couple of times. Uh, and in the map, there's like a point, you know, those like weird giant silver walls, those hills. Yeah. I got stuck at the top of it and had to like get down towards the bottom with like where the valley is or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to walk all the way around. And then I realized like, oh, I can probably scale this thing down without dying. <laughs> and so like I started fall- free falling and just like grappling and it let me like swing Tarzan my way down and it was awesome. And I was just like, at the end I was like, hell yeah, I love this game. <laughs> like it was just that moment that no, like they can sit there and tell you all this, show you all the dumb videos about. It's like that moment and like, encountering it on your own is so much like it's just stop trying to sell me moments and just like create good mechanics that let me find that stuff out on my own i guess is ultimately like don't tell me in some tacky video where a bunch of gamers try to pretend to be like you or whatever <laughs> don't sit there and just like but let streamers tell me how to do it just put that in your game and let me find it out on my own right you know that from from correct there's no fall damage so you could have ju- just like jumped on down <laughs> What? <laughs> I I'm pretty sure, sure there's no fall. Oh, God. Pretty sure there's no fall damage in Halo Infinite. So I could have sworn like there was. 
I'm pretty sure there's not because I I saw a video of someone like do the flying glitch with the like launch a vehicle and then you like you fly up into the air or whatever. And they just like went higher up in the air and just landed, <laughs> didn't get hurt at all. So good yeah, jump. fall damage to your game. So that way my moment felt less <laughs> cheap, but yeah. But I mean, no, I mean, I totally get you. I mean, I tried to do something like that. Um, I tried to like Tarzan, Spider-Man swing myself with the grapple hook. It wasn't working out just because of <laughs> physics and stuff. It wasn't working out me trying to go up. Yeah. Um, but like- Oh, I it was, didn't work for you going up? It, it was because of where I was shooting the grapple hook and like how I was trying to go up. It wasn't going to work. So every time I- like I had the the double recharge thing for it, the double cool, the fast yeah. cooldown. So like I would shoot it up and then I'd be falling down. And when I shot it again, I was falling too fast for it to like actually. I was able to do that. Landed. So it can I, be done. Okay, so then you I just, just sucked. You I don't guess. get enough incremental to like. You have to realize like, oh, I'm just barely. So you're not like quite. It's never going to be quick enough that you don't re, you don't lose any fall you know, like, uh, progress. So you're going to go about halfway down from where you originally jumped up to, but you can still do it. That's how I got up that hill. And then was extremely mad that I had to go back down. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it, it was, it wasn't working out for me. It also was just like <laughs> the, the added pressure of like, there's just the abyss below me. So yeah, like, it's I terrifying. Will die for sure. Um, but I mean, I did a mad, I was like, I'll just grab a banshee and just like go to see if I can get this thing, um, some other time. But, um, I, so I, I actually was, unlike you, going into Halo Infinite, they said open world Halo. I'm like, okay, I can, I can vibe with this. I like the idea of this. And you have everyone keep mentioning the silent cartographer, the silent cartographer, the mission from Halo 1, which I've played the game. I vaguely remember the mission. Um, I never had the feeling that so many people talk about having. <laughs> but, I, but I was still excited at the prospect of open world Halo. We are on the ring of course obviously we're not going to have the entire ring i don't expect to have the entire ring that'd be absolutely insane but just like we have this portion of the ring go and go anywhere in this portion that i want to however i want to and just have that allure that pull that everyone has kind of had no matter what halo game you played no matter when you played it that allure of man i wonder what it would be like to just kind of freely go around this ring and I wonder what it'd be like if I could just go over here and see what's over on that, like on top of this mountain or what's behind this. The way people talk about having that feeling for Breath of the Wild that I never, with a few hours I played Breath of the Wild, I didn't really have that feeling, but I could see- We don't see have to why, rehash this. No, but I can see why people do. I can see why people do with that world, although I don't personally. For me, the game that gave me that feeling was Ghost of Tsushima and Skyrim. Those games okay. give me that feeling where I'm like, I want to see what's over there. And like, there are things in the world for me personally, Breath of the Wild for the time I played just didn't hit me like that. It didn't give me those things. But for Skyrim and Ghost of Tsushima, there were things in the world where I'm like, I want to see what's over there. I want to see what's over there. And just the thought of that for Halo got me excited. So when we get into Infinite and I'm playing it, and at first I was like, all right, let me just, you know, go to the waypoints like I would at any modern open world shooter. But then I think after I did like the second side mission or something, I said, hold on, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go follow any waypoints. I'm just kind of, I'm just gonna like, just gonna go walk. I'm gonna go walk and try and get lost in this world and see like how I see if I actually get pulled to just get lost and walk around and see what I find. And I did that for all of maybe 30 minutes, right? And I didn't feel it. Like I, that's, 
I felt it at first. I, w- I was like, huh, I wonder what's up over this hill. And I would climb up a hill and then I'd maybe see something down below. And I'm like, okay, there's an enemy. They're like, the, there's a high value target down here. Let me beat them up, kill them. Fantastic. Cool. Let me go in this direction. Let me see what's over here. And nothing. Oh, okay. Um, let's try this way then. <laughs> let's go over this way. I, uh, oh, there's, yeah. there's nothing. Okay. I mean, there's a random, like two enemies here on the road. I'll kill them, I guess, but nothing else. And like that kind of, that was like the start of me losing that pull to actually be like, to actually explore the ring. And then as I was going to more side missions and I realized, wait a minute, there, everything here kind of looks the same in terms of just environment variety. Yeah. Like the, (laughs) I, I said it in my, I said in my review, the the sights to see here are trees, fields, and cliffs, <laughs> and I hope you like a lot of those. Yes, there are the in like the technological interiors and stuff, like the forerunner interiors of some banished, um, like their, I guess you could say like their forge type esque looking places and stuff. But ninety percent of the game, it's all forest, trees, cliffs, fields, and stuff, and they all look so similar that there's really nothing in the world that was like, hey, come look, come over here. Come look you, at this thing. Come look over here. You heard it here, folks. This Tyler is anti-nature. <laughs> I'm not anti-nature. I love He this. just wants pay this New Yorker wants pavement over everything. Sir, that's not what the rest of us want. No, I'm no. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh no, like first of all, we get it. You're on the wrong side of history with Breath of the Wild. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. Um <laughs> I do think I think it's interesting is like the two games you cited. And I can't speak for Tsushima as much, but my, like, Skyrim doesn't do it for me. So, like, Mm -hmm. I get it. I also don't care for a popular game. Like, I just, (laughs) I don't get it. Like, but Mm -hmm. also, I'm not pulled by, like, if I walk in that direction, I'm going to get another lore dump in a bunch of texts. And, like, I get that that's captivating to some people. And it's, like, all about, oh, if you read. And to me, it's, like, I'm just walking different directions to read a bunch of novels in an ugly world. That's how I feel. I get that that's not the popular Skyrim take. I totally get it. I care a lot. I guess like as I've gotten older, I realize I care a lot about mechanics and how a game feels to play. And mm-hmm. I think Halo, uh, I think that's what that's the DNA that Zelda and Halo share more than anything. Is that like the open world is more about the traversal, how it feels getting around that world than it is about like we need to stuff it with as many missions and as many things as possible. Like we have this good looking, gorgeous world that is fun to explore, but like for some people, the journey's not enough. The destination also has to meet X, Y, or Z requirements. And I don't mm-hmm. think Halo, I think Halo shares more of that Breath of the Wild philosophy a little bit more, which is why it speaks to me. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of outposts. It's Halo, man. Like I didn't expect mm-hmm. to meet some old lady that's gonna teach me like Kung Fu or something. Like that's just not what Halo is. It's a bunch of military <laughs> outposts in this gorgeous environment. And like, I'm going to kill a bunch more aliens or banished or whatever. And that's okay. But I also did it feel myself with that open world pull constantly of like what I ended up doing a lot was just getting sidetracked on my way to missions, which is exactly what happened in Zelda. Mm. See, and see, I want to clarify. I don't have a problem with like the missions that were like the side missions that were there, like the side missions just being take out this outpost, save this squad. Like 
I, I liked those things. And I, yeah, that's like kind of like standard for modern open world shooters. Like, in a yeah, far they're nothing cry, special. Like also, I'm not cause. defending that aspect. But. Yeah. Like, I don't, I know those missions are nothing special in any way, shape, or form. They have their own like Halo flavor to them and all. Like, you save a, you save a squad and it's like, hey, I'll hop in the Warthog, hop in the Razorback. We're going to go do some stuff. We're going to go to a story mission. You guys are going to die immediately at the story mission, but you're going to come with me to the story mission. Uh, that's an achievement you can get, actually, bringing a, a squad with you to a story mission if you don't have it yet. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a big achievement guy. I like trophies vastly more. As do I. Um, <laughs> but so like I did like the the tasks, the um, the missions and things that were available for you to do in the open world. But like I think that I wanted again, I wanted more from the open world. And I like you said, I like the getting around in the open world. Again, I'm gonna call back to my review. At my review, I kind of, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it right in front of me, but I say that the, the framework for it is clearly there in Infinite of look at this world, look at all, look at all this space in the world. There's so much here for you to see. We want you to want to explore this world. The framework for it is there. And I so enjoyed getting around the world, whether it be um grappling my grappling hooking my way up a mountain or down the roads because i didn't you know have a car nearby me or hopping in a warthog hopping in a banshee hopping in a ghost just like getting to missions however i wanted whenever i wanted i i really enjoyed all of that stuff but i just felt like they 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 were not not promising the they were clearly trying to aim for this is open world halo and we want you to be able to live out your dreams of exploring a halo ring and finding cool, interesting, weird things on this halo ring. In addition to your typical modern day open world game type stuff. And in addition to the towers and the outposts. <laughs> right. And because like, I felt that there was really, there was barely any reward for actual exploration for actually like being like, I'm going to go off the beaten path and I'm going to just explore. I want to see what's on the top of this mountain up here. There is nothing. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Like, unless I, it is marked on the map, there's basically nothing in the open world to see, with the exception of skulls. Um, although, I think skulls can appear on the map, because one skull appeared on my map. I know, I, I'm not a big, like, I've never understood the appeal of skulls. So for me, it wasn't something, I don't even know if I got any. I didn't look at my list or whatever. I probably stumbled upon one. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, so I didn't go, I did, that's not something I would notice. Um, I think I probably re like unknowingly completely fed into how the developers want a lot of people to play, um, which is again, like, oh, cool. I'm going that way. And you just get distracted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like to your point about like, they're not being anything else. They're not promising that the, the allure is like, you can go there. And that's kind of what it is in breath of the wild. And I will say I think Breath of the Wild does a better job of giving small, not itemized, but like just rewards in a weirdly unique Nintendo way, whether it's like just like an astonishing view or you get those dumb Koroxies. They just find little ways to just like mm -hmm. hit that little, you know, you get that extra dopamine boost where you're just like, I feel like this was worth it a little bit more, but it is primarily the journey. I feel like Halo is that same way. Like I didn't go up a lot of those mountains, but if you did... Like I, your reward is you got to do it. You were curious. You got to see what was there. We're not going to just stuff every single nook and cranny with something because like 
then that feels like an inauthentic world. Like if you climb up a mountain in real life, it's just a mountain, man. Like you're not, <laughs> there's not going to be some treasure box. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, some people can call it cheap and it's like a hollow world. It's not a full open world. I think this just comes down to this dichotomy of like what people expect out of an open world and what, what some developers want to do with an open world. And so doesn't tick with, cause like, that's the interesting thing. They may not necessarily fill the next one to the gills with like stuff. It may be another rendition of this, but in a different environment. And it's like, uh-huh. that'll come down to like, was this rushed? And ultimately did they want to do what maybe people like you want out of a game or was this the true intention? And was this more philosophically in line with something that I want, you know, out of a game? Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's more so that the, I was hoping for something and I guess they just didn't beat that expectation. It, I was thinking it was not the open world. Was it going to be just like a far cry where it's like, yeah, you, yeah. Kind of there's, you, there's the side missions on the map and that, that's, those things are there. Um, and if you want to explore, I mean, there's really not much else around the world for you to find. I mean, yes, infinite has like the weapon armories um, that those don't, don't appear on the map. Uh, but even the weapon armories, they're kind of just, whenever I went in one or like a few of them, I was just like, and I don't want anything that's in here. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Maybe there's like one special weapon here that's like a slightly different version of like a normal weapon. But I was like, uh, I'm good. Um, I'm just going to head on out of here. There's nothing really in here for me right now. Nothing I really want out of this. I didn't feel like a reward for like actually finding this weapon armory. There wasn't like something in here where I was like, this is awesome. I like, oh, it's a weapon armory. There's going to be some dope stuff in here. It was just like, Oh, it's okay. It's more of the stuff that I kind of saw outside. All right, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but I guess moving kind of like building on top of some of what you said, uh, that being what the, the them building on this, building on the idea of open world halo. What do you kind of want from the future of open world halo? Is well, first off, is it something that you want them to continue doing? Do you want them to keep doing open world halo? And if so, what would you like them to do in future installments or future? additions to this open world let's because I, I mean they keep saying that they want like this to be yeah. the next thing and that we're not going to get another sequel for a very long time halo infinite is it kind of like destiny and we're going to get they said that i'm pretty sure they oh, said like man. halo Infinite. i don't want like that it. specifically i want sequels that's i guess that's where i can start i'm fine with halo open world halo i think enough is there that you can play this game as fairly li- linear which it's not like I played it completely linear, but I definitely didn't go full bonanza 100%. I kind of like a mix of both uh, like going off to the side and doing some stuff and then getting Same. back to the story. Um, so like, I don't think anyone that likes linear halos should be inherently against this. I don't think it harms it in any way. And I think it clearly didn't impact like your, your worry with like expanding the scope would be that you lose those core mechanics. Um, and oh, no. I would almost argue like, and what I was thinking is I was like, oh yeah, the way we're talking about this open world is like describing an RPG. This isn't an RPG and I want it to stay not an RPG. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want skill trees or like more skill trees, you know. Um, I don't want like specific powers. I do want them to refine the mechanics a little bit because I'm always for like improving the gameplay. I'm not saying you have to mess with what works, but maybe just like one addition, like the grappling hook in this game I thought worked beautifully and was implemented. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind something like that. I wouldn't mind, like, we got a lot of weaponry, didn't love a ton of it. I wouldn't mind some better, so just like, 
weapon variation. Not mm-hmm. that I hated everything, but it definitely just felt like a more Halo weaponry. And I guess there is that like whole, okay, well, do you mess with the classics versus like, um, and I will even say Halo 5, like I saw like a clip of it recently and some of the weaponry seemed a little more interesting even than what we maybe got here. So I wouldn't yeah, mind like- forerunner like, weaponry that we had in yeah. Halo 4. I like I liked it. A lot of people apparently yeah. didn't like it. I liked it. I was like, oh, this is something different. It's something new. It's something fresh. As opposed to just the typical Covenant brute weaponry. It's completely new. And I really like that. So, I mean, I do miss those types of things in here. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I do get the weapons in Halo Infinite. They're not bad. They're fine. Like, they're not not many of them are anything to write home about, per se. Like, they look good, they sound good, and they feel good. I think that's what really matters with weapons. The gunplay feels like Halo, but like, yeah, I wouldn't mind some new uh, weapon variation, just different stuff. Like, it doesn't have to be the stuff in four or five. Just try something new. So that would be cool. Um, like, I guess I would also just keep it kind of low stakes. Uh, the way I was talking about, I don't want an environment. I don't want a map where it's like there's five environments, and I know that's popular. But I would mm-hmm. argue if you want that, go play any other open world game. I liked that this was an ecosystem that felt contained, even though it's a big map. Mm-hmm. Just give me a different version of that. Like, I'd be totally fine with it. That's what I personally would want out of this. I'm not the end-all be-all on Halo, <laughs> so if they do it, like, I'm sure they'll possibly appease more people than me, but that's just what I personally would like to see out of it. See, like, yeah, I think I would have liked having more environmental variety because I think that also played a hand into me not feeling pulled to actually explore the world because everything was trees, fields, uh, and cliffs and everything. And because everything looked so similar and so samey that after, after a bit of being in the open world, I was like, okay, it, it's, it's just this, this is it. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel like that. Oh my gosh. This like, this world looks so, there's so many different like environments. Like what's up with that? Like, desert region over there you know what's up with this more water filled region over here like i'm paraphrasing of course like kind of being yeah. real broad but because everything was looked so samey i was like and i i guess there's more trees over there there's a forerunner structure in the in the sky yeah that's cool i i guess but like i didn't really feel like if i didn't go over to an area and explore that i was missing anything and i think that having some more environmental variety could have helped with that and could have made the world feel more fresh and not feel a bit, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'd say stale, I, but feel a bit old after like only a couple hours. I get what you're saying. I just don't want that. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm like that's specifically totally saying, fine. That's totally fine. Me, I'm not trying yeah. to dispute you at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to say that's wrong to want that out of a game, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you can't argue that this is different than what other games are doing. 99% of other games are doing what you're saying. Yeah. This is something new. I like it. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm just like, let people like you have those games. Like, can I get something that's like this? Like, even as much as I like Breath of the Wild, it's not that like you go into that for realism, but I think there's something unique about just like feeling like this is this slice of this world. Not mm-hmm. like you need to bite off the whole Halo apple. We know those other environments exist. And I think that's like, we get that in another game and that's cool. It's not like it's unrealistic to like what it portrays is this is an actual 
big world. It's unrealistic that you're ever going to get to view all of Halo's environments in one world. So you're going to have to wait till we do that. And maybe that's the platform they talk about. They give us DLC and it's an entirely, it's like a different map. And it's like that environment. That would be cool. I hate when the way they structure it, I'd rather just have a sequel, but if that's what they're going to do and that's how like that's sells the suits on your plan more, I get it. Like, you know, <laughs> but if that's like overall what we're going to get content wise, I'm actually cool with that. So, yeah, I think that like in, I think that what that is kind of like what their goal is going to be. I think that in future additions to infinite itself, infinite, whether it be what they coincide these additions with the multiplayer seasons or they, the multiplayer seasons come at different points of time from like the new story editions, what have you, however they plan to do it. I think that's probably what they'll do. So like yeah. the next story edition, maybe that'll take us to another portion of the ring. This portion of the ring is like, has a whole lot of deserts on it. Or yeah. this, maybe this portion has a whole lot more, it's way more forested and has a whole lot of fauna in it as opposed to fields and cliffs and stuff. Like maybe that's how they'll do bringing in new environments. And maybe you'll be able to travel between the different areas in some way, shape or form. I'm not too sure. But I, I think that that is probably what they'll do. And if so, I mean, that's fine. Again, it's not a bad thing. I guess that with Infinite and the lead up to it, I, was, I guess I was worried that it was just going to be like, hey, is this the only environment we're in? And I was hoping it wasn't going to be. And it was. And I was like, okay, this is the only environment we're in. But maybe, you know, hopefully I'll still feel really compelled and pulled to explore it. And I just really wasn't. And I like I would love for them to, in future editions, make exploring the world itself not not make it more fun because again it is very fun exploring the world of Infinite whether it be jump again doing the grappling hook just hopping in your vehicles what have you it's really enjoyable I just wish that the again that pull and allure to actually explore is made stronger and that is actually you know rewarding to explore the world whether it be, you know, finding big things or it's like even just a small little thing. It's just like, this is a cool little find. Yeah. I think ultimately this comes down to like subverting expectations for what people want in an open world and like what Halo is at its core. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in a way this is three, if this wasn't rushed, if we continually get worlds similar to this, that could be them telling us uh, similar to like the Matrix Resurrections is mm -hmm. like Lana Wachowski being like, nah, like I get to say what the Matrix is and this is what the Matrix is. This is 343 being like, yeah, an open world Halo isn't like other open world games, which I think would be cool, but I'm pro subverting expectations. So it makes sense. Also, I was just so curious. So it's just strongly rumored that Halo uh, Infinite will be a, uh, like like a, a live service, like a live service model. That's just heavily rumored. Nothing's been announced. Okay, I could have swore that that three four three has said that like yeah, we're gonna have infinite build be like a base or a platform that we kind of build on for the next x amount of years. I thought they had said some either that specifically or something along those lines. Um, no, it's apparently not official, um, but it's just strongly rumored. That usually, I feel like in the video game mean, world, yeah. means it's going to happen. But yeah. I mean, like, we'll wait. Obviously, we have to see an announcement. I'm curious how it how it ends up. Right. Um, so, is it from with this open world? Is there anything that I guess you would have wanted more from it? 
or is there anything that you feel just it kind of missed the mark on for you? I mean, I've I've said my piece on like what I think it missed the yeah. mark on. Do you, is there anything that you think it missed the mark on? I like I know it's a boring answer, but no. And it's like mm-hmm. not saying that this game is perfect, but for a Halo open world, I think it like achieves what it's trying to do. Like I yeah. don't like I like I had my small like I would like different weapons or whatever, but that's not inherent to the design. I think the design of the world is perfectly fine. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems to be like, like Halo Infinite's goal is not to take 100 hours of your life. And I respect that. I, I truly do. do. Um, I do too. That's why I have not played Assassin's Creed Valhalla yet. Because I got burned out on Odyssey on top of me <laughs> just not really being a fan of it. And I was like, I don't have time. I need a break before I jump into Valhalla. It's like wh- Halo Infinite is saying like, yeah, we're not Skyrim. If you, if like you expected this to be anything like Skyrim, you had the wrong expectations. And I think Mm -hmm. it like, there's a broader conversation uh, about like, this is how buzzwords can be negative. Like this is why just saying open world, whatever doesn't mean. Cause like you could play this, you could hand this to someone that like is not familiar with halo and they could play three and they could play this. And it would feel like a natural evolution of halo. I think without ever trying to explain the concept of open world video games to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. think that was their intention is like, this is an evolution of Halo. And uh-huh. it's not like we want to release that into the world unshackled from whatever expectations you may have of what an open world game is. And it does come out strikingly similar, apparently, to Far Cry, which makes sense um, because that is also a game that is more first person shooter than, uh, than you know, a, any RPG. Yeah. And, yeah. The difference is Halo, I think, just has all those things we've talked about where iconic, just like iconic buildings, iconic structures, iconic, like the visuals of Halo happen to be extremely iconic, similar to Star Wars, Um, iconic music, just a singular character that is the driving force of a universe. That's all that matters. So it's like compounded all those things, all the little things that I think Halo is really good at uh, and differentiate it from something that is no offense to Far Cry fans, generic to me has never been appealing. Mm-hmm. I get to now experience that in a franchise that is cool. And I like, yeah, I will. I do think uh, this is a great evolution of Halo of what a Halo campaign could be. I don't know if I said that specifically in my review or I might've like kind of touched or alluded at it, yeah. but I, like this is, this is the evolution of Halo. This is kind of the natural evolution of where it, where it should have gone next. Uh, let's take the campaign and let's put it in open world. Let's let you actually have free reign to travel around the environment and kind of approach things the way you want to. Um, I just think again, when it came to it, the open world itself, it has an idea of what it kind of wanted and it hit the baseline for it and like kind of almost went there. It didn't go all the way in my yeah. eyes in terms of like yeah, yeah. give you that giant pull. But um, I do, I do, I want to touch on this. I keep forgetting them, not keep forgetting, but we kind of like one of us would mention it and then we kind of keep talking about something else. Um, Just the different gameplay things you can do in the world. Like just how Halo's gameplay works in an open world. Just in, in terms of like the the combat, the the golden triangle of Halo, as they say, and you know, in Bungie three four three speak, of you can kind of, you have your your melee, your grenades, your weapons. You throw the grappling hook into it as well. You have all the different enemies. You have your other abilities too. It's like it was so much fun getting into battles in the open world and be like, all right, I'm gonna roll in with my warthog. <laughs> 
I'm going to like drive around, have my gunner, like take out a bunch of guys. The warthog is messed up. All right, let me hop out, shoot a couple people, grapple over to someone, punch them in the face, grapple over to another person, punch them, grab a coil, toss the coil at someone, shoot some more people. Like all that was so much fun. And I really enjoyed it. And it's like in those moments, I'm just like, this is the evolution of Halo. I'm just like in the open world heading somewhere and there's some enemies on the road, I'm gonna hop off. I'm gonna take them on out using all these different Halo sandbox tools at my disposal, get back in my vehicle and then go back to my destination, go about my business. And I think it does all that so well that that for some people I could understand, like for some people and even for me at times, I was like, well, it doesn't really matter for me that much that like it's kind of missing it's not hitting that full potential of what I kind of wanted from a Halo open world. And then I would finish doing like whatever fight I was in. I'm like, all right, what, what do I want to do next? And I'm like, cause I'm like, I'm not going to the next story mission. What do I want to do next? I was like, uh, well, I guess I'll do another side mission. Cause there's no point in actually exploring the world. <laughs> exploring the world doesn't really, really hit for me that way. And all like that. Yeah. I think that's also a conversation about like how much content does a game need? Because I was fine with the amount of things I could do, but like, I'm not the kind of person that wants to play a game for hundred hours, you know? So mm-hmm. that is, I guess that's the push and pull. And again, Halo just infinite seems I've done a lot of things that resonate with me personally. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I, I just think this is, I think it's a really good game, yeah. a good Halo game and a game that I also personally just like matches up with my tastes a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want. I do think that the uh, the grappling hook severely, severely like overshadows every other ability of the campaign. Yes. Like to the point where I say it's in my review. It makes every other ability in the game pointless to an extent. Because like it's, the grappling, it's hook, very OP. Yes, <laughs> the grappling hook is so versatile. You can use it to get out of situations real quick, to get up on people real fast, to post up towards you. Tra- you know, for traversal as well like i only once you add uh, in that ability to like hold the melee button and just cock back in third person mode with that giant punch over yeah like i only ever use the drop wall once maybe twice in the campaign other than that i, I didn't think i did use, it on accident once yeah yeah other than that i didn't use any other ability because i'm like the threat sensor is kind of pointless to use in the story the thrusters I could see maybe they're being used, but the grappling hook is just way, I could go way farther than I can with the thrusters. The drop wall, it it gives me some protection, which I, yes, I admit that use that. I think the one time I used it is in the review as well. Just the one actual time I used it, but like it overshadows them so much because of how good it is and how versatile it is. And on top of the fact that it's actually not intuitive to switch between um, it's not abilities because you have to like you have to press the arrow and then remember what the other arrow is for the other abilities so i was like nope i'm just gonna stick with the grappling hook and i'm just gonna leave it at that it's also kind of like the antithesis like the drop ball is the antithesis of what the gameplay seems to be driving towards which is like this frenetic doom like constant movement um which halo like it's halo so you can kind of just run away and like pick and pop if you want which i did on some harder levels but then like you realize like this is going to take longer so it's like the constant movement like the fact you mm-hmm. can pull up stun an enemy work on another one pull away blah 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 go in and out find a coil pull something towards you like that's what the game wants and when 
like I'm not amazing at games. Like I, you know, but at this, like we'll talk about the multiplayer, that's not my forte, but at the same time, when you get good at it, it feels incredibly satisfying. And the grappling hook is the only ability that seems to feed into that and what they want um, versus the other stuff just kind of seems like it's there because they wanted a skill tree. Right. And I think this is actually a perfect segue into the multiplayer because I think as opposed to the campaign, the multiplayer um, is where the abilities are actually allowed to shine. And I yeah. think they were only in the campaign because they were like, we got them in the multiplayer. Let's find a use for them somehow in the, in the campaign too. And the multiplayer is where they're able to shine because you're actually, you could only ever have one at any point in time. So that makes it so much easier to use it. But on top of that, like multiplayer, it's already so much more competitive. You're able, you're like, there are so many more, all the use cases you could actually need it for in multiplayer, you actually can use them for in multiplayer. So like the threat sensor is like, all right, it shows me where people are. In the campaign, that doesn't really matter all that much. Whereas in yeah. multiplayer, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go to that control point. Let me see if there are people over there first and you shoot the threat sensor over. Or if you have the um, the thrusters, like uh, I do in my review, if someone is shooting at you and you need to like get out of dodge real quick, just dash real over to the side real fast with that. The drop ball, you're trying to control a control point, just drop the drop ball down and like it gives you a little bit of extra defense for like those extra seconds you need. Yes. And I will note, I don't use them a lot in multiplayer either. Um, I, I tend to forget about their multiplayer because yeah. I'm caught up in the moment of everything, but they are so much more useful there. And I actually do use them in multiplayer. I use them more often. Yes. Um, I don't know the multiplayer. I'm going to have like, not the sexiest opinion ever, which is like, yeah, it's <laughs> Halo 3's multiplayer, man. It rules. Um, it's, it's definitely like a change of pace to how a lot of other games play in 2021 uh, mm -hmm. multiplayer wise. But I like that. Like I like Halo, um, but it definitely feels a little slower. Caveat to that is because like, I didn't realize the usefulness of the grappling hook until after I played the campaign and so, like, going back, yeah, that grappling, grappling hook definitely helps. You do have the little slide, um, but in general, just, like, the pacing is not, not Call of Duty. It's not Apex, you know, um, mm -hmm. which is fine. Like, I don't expect it to be that. And I think that's why it resonates with a lot of people is because, like, yeah, this is Halo. It is. It has its own distinct flavor, and it's a lot of fun. Um, that Battle Pass sucks. Yeah. But <laughs> that are, battle any battle, pass. are any Battle Passes good? Like, I played a lot of Fortnite. I like the battle pass, but it is inherently a gotcha mechanic, you know? Um, although you could argue Fortnite, like you get currency back, you get um, at least a few emotes, you get some pretty cool skins with it and you can get enough currency to just like forever replay the battle pass. Um, so like, yeah, a kid will probably go and blow it all. But like, if you spend 10 bucks once, you can basically get a lot of cool skins in perpetuity through Fortnite if you put X amount of hours every uh, season. Um, and I think that's kind of the goal. That's what a lot of games should strive for is just reward, like make the players feel like it's rewarding. Like, yes, the battle pass sucks, but also I don't care because all the cosmetics are not like they're whatever. And I do think that's where some like serious military games like Call of Duty included, like I've never once cared about like looking at their battle passes, any of that stuff. But like Fortnite has these insane cosmetics that allow it to like be more enticing. Um, so mm -hmm. I guess that's more just like what, like what is a good battle pass? How do you make these battle passes better? I guess in-game currency might be the answer. I don't know. I'm not uh, the analytics expert on that end, but yeah, it's definitely like 
okay, whatever, I'm just going to play another round because I feel like it, not because I need to get that achievement or whatever, you know, in the battle pass. Yeah. See, for the for me, and I think for a lot of people, I, I don't think, I think it's less the content of the battle pass, but the fact that the battle pass progression is the only form of progression in this game for multiplayer, and the progression is hot garbage. Like, I know that they've, ever since multiplayer launched, 343 has like made tweaks and adjustments to make it easier, like lessen the grind some and all like that. But it's still so annoying how the only way to progress through the battle pass, which is your only form of progression, the only way to do this is by completing challenges. Uh, That is still, I think, a terrible decision because unlike any other game, unlike Fortnite, I'm sure Apex, unlike Call of Duty, those games, you can progress your battle pass just by playing how well you do when in a match challenges are the additional thing that speed up your progression they are not the only thing that make you progress whereas in halo they are the only thing that allows you to progress no matter how well you do no matter how amazingly you do in a game if you go 30 and oh no matter if you capture all the flags hold down all the control points does not matter if you don't complete a single challenge you get Oh, you only get as much XP as the play a match challenge allows you to. Yeah, it's like 50 XP. Yeah, right. It's either well, like now they've made it so that your first match of the day gets you 300 XP for the play any match. Then it's like 200, 200, 100. It goes down to like the lowest amount after like six or seven matches. Then it's like, all right, you're only getting 50 or so per match. But like, it's still annoying. It's still annoying nonetheless. That like, I like to when I play games, I don't want to have to like be like, all right. In order to complete this battle, in order to progress in my battle pass, what do I got to do? Let me see. I like to be able to like play a game and kind of like turn my brain off in the sense of like, I, I, it's on enough for me to, you know, play and do well. I don't have to have it turn on and be like, all right, I need to do this and do that and do that. You know, I just like to be able to play and have fun and progress naturally. And the fact that you can't, it's, it's very annoying. Uh, I mean, it's a conversation that's kind of been beaten to death. So I don't want to linger on that too much. Yeah. Um, um, that's just how I feel about the progression. And I think that is my, that is my main gripe with the multiplayer, uh, if, which is part of why I brought my score is what it is. It's an 8.5. It's that in addition to like the campaign gripes I have, like the multiplayer experience is fantastic, but the battle pass progression system, in addition to also the character customization, I know you're not a person who really cares about it that much, but I feel like the character customization in infinite it's lacking. It's yeah it's very it's not good like i'm certainly not incentivized to do it it's like oh that's it okay yeah like it's super restrictive like all the the character customization options you have it's like you can use this on this specific outfit <laughs> you can't use you can't use this color on all of them only this one why who knows that's just what we decided and it's yeah. like it's annoying because i remember in reach reach's character customization was kind of like you know, real thorough. You could mix and match the pieces of armor how you wanted to, mix and match your colors kind of how you wanted to. But in Infinite, it's like, no, 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 it's this or that or this or that. And it's like, it's real restrictive. And it doesn't give like the freedom to make my Spartan look kind of like the way I want to, which is annoying. And those things don't make the multiplayer experience like bad. They don't drag it down so much, but they drag they drag it down enough for me where it's like, I'll play Halo and I'm like, I'm having fun in matches, but I'm, I feel like, all right, I'm, 
doesn't matter if I do well or not, win or not. It doesn't matter. I think there's a conversation just to be had about like what people want out of multiplayer. Yeah. And I think Halo, like I, it seems like 343 might not have wanted a battle pass, but because it, I feel for them because if they don't include that, it's like it's 2021 and you don't have a battle pass, blah, blah, blah. And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, we don't have a passion for a battle pass, but we're going to put it in there and people are like, it sucks. And so it's like, <laughs> listen, man, we, <laughs> we, we just trying. want you to play Halo and have fun with it. And then it's like, right. that's not enough for people. So, right. you know. And I do give them credit for the fact that the battle pass doesn't expire. So like once you buy the battle pass, it's not like other games like Fortnite or whatever, where the season's over, that battle pass is gone, whether you completed it or not. Like if you have the battle pass, once the season is done, you still have it. You can complete it at your own pace whenever you want. You just can't progress that one and another one at the same time, which is, I think that's a fair compromise. That's totally fine. You know, it is nice that you can keep what you purchased and still progress it at your own pace. There is no like, real FOMO there outside of like, you know, limited time events or what have you. I think I do give them like a thumbs up on that for sure. I was giving them a thumbs up on that from the moment they announced it. That's like a really great decision on their part. Um, But I think that there's a, there's also like a lack of maps. There's really not too many maps. So after a bit, the maps is like, all right, it's the same one. It's only like seven arena maps and three big team battle maps. So after a bit, You've played, you've played them all, you've seen them all. And I guess, again, at this point, it comes back to, like you said, the conversation of what do you kind of want out of multiplayer? Do you want to, do you play multiplayer to get really good at it and learn all the maps and everything like that and have them all memorized super well? Or do you play multiplayer, you know, just to kind of like, to do that, but also kind of just like unwind and have fun in a sense. And, and hang like, out, yeah. Yeah, and like, do you want like some new freshness there? Do you want like your matches to feel some somewhat new and fresh whenever you play them you know every couple matches or so and at least an infinite with how few maps there are it it, that feeling that freshness kind of goes away real quickly yeah yeah i mean i i think it's fine like it's halo multiplayer and i think Uh what we're finding out is in 2021 that doesn't that's not what some people want out of halo they have this their own ideas of what halo multiplayer should be and like, granted, has it evolved a ton? No, but I don't. I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. Um, I think the, I think like what they've added has been enough. I think the battle pass, like I said, definitely sucks, but it is what <laughs> it is. It's not something that irks me all that much. Uh, but I can understand why some people like who want to sink hundreds of hours into it, like would expect something more. But mm-hmm. it's like at some point you have to realize like. Well, maybe that's not what 343 wants out of this. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't think it like, it definitely doesn't impact my review negatively because that's not the fondness with which I will remember infinite. And I do think possibly 343 is going to split at some point the multiplayer and the campaign and be like, the multiplayer is the platform. Maybe we give these, like the actual games, their separate releases. Maybe similar to a COD having mm-hmm. Warzone go on forever, even though Halo is not doing, are they doing the battle Royale at some point? I don't know. Not, not um, as of yet, but I mean, I okay. imagine at some point it's going to happen. You would think, right? Right. But I think they may just like have the multiplayer be its platform, give it updates and maps free to play forever, whatever, as long as you have, because you still have to have game pass or whatever. Right. 
No, the multiplayer is totally free to play. The, the campaign is part of Game Pass. The multiplayer, it's completely free to play. You don't need anything to play it. Oh, other than Wi-Fi, obviously. But yeah, okay. Right. So like, <laughs> they'll keep that and maybe work on the monetization aspect and then just be like, hey, yeah, campaigns aren't going to release with multiplayer. Like the multiplayer is its own thing. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something like that. And I think maybe growing up and having that like sense split and there being so many multiplayer games and not feeling like Halo has to be the end all be all for me is like, I'm not, it's good. I don't have any real qualified complaints about it mm-hmm. other than, you know, what we mentioned about the battle pass, which isn't a big deal to me. So for me, that's not something that would negatively impact it. It's just yeah. like, this is cool. This is what I remember. This is what I liked. Yeah. Again, like the core gameplay experience of, Halo at, at its core and Halo multiplayer, like the core gameplay experience is a lot of fun. And I really enjoy the matches, like getting in the matches, no matter how well I do or not, like how good I do, how bad I do, how easily we dominate the other team. I'm still having fun because Halo's core gameplay it's is fun. just so much fun. And that's why I think that's part of why it's so annoying for me. Like the, the major misstep with the battle pass progression and the minor misstep was just like how few maps there are. I yeah. think like it's that's why it like it annoys me so much because I'm just like this core is so good like you had a great thing right here you all you have to do was get that right and you, it, the multiplayer would have been fantastic but right now it's simply it is a great multiplayer game with some poor aspects on tacked onto it that yeah. need to be like ironed out. Yeah, I I don't have much more to contribute. I'm definitely ready to talk about it or just like, I'm ready to rank it. If you are. Yep. I was about to say, we can, we can, we can move rank, right in. Yep. Let's, let's rank this right now. So where would you rank the game as a whole, the entire thing, campaign and multiplayer thinking about it, talking about it. It's so like, it's gotten so close to three for me, mm-hmm. but nostalgia is a powerful factor. There's no <laughs> forge. Yeah. As of yet, it's coming. Think- by what like season three of the multiplayer which is going to be something September like that. earliest i think but i think it goes to say that like i think it goes for like or it goes towards that whole aspect of like the multiplayer or something separate and there's nothing wrong with that but it puts my emphasis so much more on the campaign and i think three as a package was just slightly better slight like mm-hmm. i would give this game i've thought about it i would probably earnestly give this game like a nine four nine five and like, I'd probably also give three that, but like three has the slight edge in my, in my head, yeah. just barely. So it probably, it now is going to slide in right beside slash under it. I like, if you talk to me on a different day, maybe I feel differently. Like it's not mm-hmm. as strong that three is better and I'm hammering the table, but right now I'd probably lean just barely three ahead of this. And it's right there at number two, which is like with this kind of legacy, with this kind of franchise, certainly not a bad place to be for Halo nice that yeah i totally agree with you for me it's um just like similar to you kind of like how we said at the top of all this i i think for me reach is still number one and um infinite is going to be number two and four will be right under it at number three um the original trilogy would be three two one in that order right under it um because reaches like in reaches story although i haven't played it in a long time reaches story i thought was excellent it was an excellent excellent story and the multiplayer and the firefight mode as well like as a, again as a complete package it is a complete 
Wait, you Halo didn't rank five. Package. It's five below the original trilogy. Oh yeah, Halo Five is at the bottom. Sorry. Okay. No, Halo, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Uh, if if Halo Five is above any, it would probably be above one simply because of gameplay. Like it plays better than one. Halo Halo One still plays fine, but like it's definitely dated in a number of ways. So I think five would probably be above one, but like barely, I guess. Um, or being as high as it is for you, that's a little bit of a hot take. Like I feel like some people might uh feel I some mean, kind of way about that. It is what it is. I've said it on the show before. People got hate. They they already know where to find me. <laughs> they know where to find <laughs> me already. Um, but the multiplayer for for um infinite, the multiplayer and the story. Like, story is, I think, as of right now, like not not the open, not everything about the open world for campaign, but the story itself, I think, is infinite's strongest point, or arguably its strongest point for me. The open world also really good. The it's lacking in some spaces, but it's really good. And like, it's a solid framework as an evolution of Halo for the future. And the multiplayer is very solid, but they, it has, the, it has them rough spots and the rough spots can be pretty rough. Uh, specifically, again, the, the progression, the map stuff, not that bad, but the, the progression, that is a sore spot against the game for sure for me. So I think it'll be as a whole, it's number two as of right now. Um, but it could become number one in time. I think it could be. Fair enough. So, all right, that's it. You don't have any it final is. thoughts. You, don't, you have no more final thoughts. Man, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm tapped out. I gave a lot of, <laughs> I kind of, I gave a lot of thoughts about it. I, yeah, I like, I love it. It's top. It's definitely top five, probably top. It's up there in my top three of the year. Um, mm. It's weird because like, you, you know, I feel like it's been a little under talked about in goatee conversations because of the December launch date. I think that's Mm -hmm. a little interesting. Um, Maybe speaks to a lack of faith by Microsoft that like this could win multiple outlets game of the year or whatever. And they were just like, you know what? It's in time for Christmas, but if it sucks, people will forget about it. And so um, I like be confident Microsoft, like, come on, this is one of your flagpoles uh, or tentpole franchises you're sticking the flagpole tent pole flagship tent pole yeah there we go um yeah so like i think they should be confident especially going forward i think 343 has a good new direction um but it's weird like i think in some ways i would think maybe it'd be my goatee but then i like as fun as the gameplay is it doesn't quite like i just felt more personally attached to other games this year, but that's not saying anything about Halo Infinite. I feel like if anyone listens to this full conversation, they definitely come away with me liking it a little bit more than you. Um, Probably, so yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, you know, Karen and I will be doing our GoTe episode um, next week, so that'll be coming the week after this episode goes live. Should be at the very least. Um, and I will say that this one, I haven't made my list yet, but this will probably be in my top five um nice. of the year and i i don't think it'll be in the honor register so i'm pretty sure it'll be top five but again i haven't made the full list yet um i'll be making that full list um in the coming week so got that to look forward to but um yeah i really enjoyed this game and i really enjoyed this conversation with you tyler yeah, this is a really fun. fun conversation yeah uh, thank you once again for joining me on it where can people find you chat with you follow your yeah. stuff what's going on with you uh so you can well like I said, the site's down now, but like search on YouTube. I'm going to start putting stuff up on YouTube, a good game we lost. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Tyler Hot Take. Uh, <laughs> I think good game we lost was just taken. So I was like, whatever. Um, 
let's do something fun. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll try and make more videos. I want to make a bunch of stuff. I've got like a whole series of scripts for video essays written. I'll talk about Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn. I've got all those ones written. I've played Nier Automata. I need to make a script for that. Nice. Um, so I just want to talk about like last gen's hits that I kind of like initially overlooked or just didn't have the time to play. Uh, but yeah, I just like kind of want to make some fun and interesting video essays and stuff. I may start a podcast again at some point, but like, I don't have any co-hosts or anything like that. So it's a little, you know, but I like talking about video games. That's why I was like, yeah, of course I'll do it because I like coming on and just having in-depth conversations. So follow me wherever, uh, follow these guys for sure. Um, comment talk about our tier list. I'm trying to get you guys some engagement here. Get the yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No, yeah. I'll definitely put um, links to your stuff in the description of this episode. Um, so just send me those links and I'll be yeah. sure to put them in the description. That way people can find you and follow you and do all the fun things with your content and everything like that. Sounds good. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys need any guest episode or guest person or and me to fill in for anyone, by all means, feel free to reach out to me. And uh, yeah, have a hope you guys had a good holiday. So hope everyone listening or watching had a good holidays. And uh, go go finish the giant backlog you have because January's coming, man. January's brutal. <laughs> February's insane. Like 2022, sure. <laughs> 2021 was fun. It was a lot of good games, but like we're all gonna regret saying that next year because next year is gonna be a big one, I think. Oh, yes. January is going to be that backlog time if you have not cleared out your backlog yet already. <laughs> uh, so, yes, again, thank you, Tyler, for joining us. Well, for joining me on this episode. Yeah, no it was a lot of fun. Um, we'll definitely, definitely probably get you on another guest episode or so because I know Karen and I have been talking about doing more guest episodes. So we'll probably see about getting you on for another one or so every now and then. Uh, Sounds good. But with all that being said... Of course, you know, check out our site, playtowingames.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter and um, Instagram at playtowingame. Hit up our YouTube, subscribe there. Notification bell, comment, like, subscribe on podcast services. You can follow me over on Twitter, uh, your host, Tyler, at TylerMiller2496. You can follow my guest, Tyler, at um, TylerHotTake on Twitter. Again, his the link to his on Twitter and stuff will be in the description. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening. We will talk to you all next time. Have a great one.